welcome to K Talks. I'm Kyra, and today we're going to talk about the housing crisis in the San Francisco Bay Area. We have a special guest today. His name is Edward, which actually is a synonym because Edward is homeless, but you would have no idea. He is not the stereotypical homeless person. He is your average person. He holds a job. He's an actor, a model, um, a spokesperson. Um, he does a lot of di- yeah, a lot of different you know different kind of things. But he does you know he works. And uh, up until recently, well, I'm actually Edward. I'm going to let you tell the story because it's your story. So Edward, first tell us why why first a pseudonym. Well, I don't. I think it's it's a little bit safer for me to. To not be, for people not to know my name now, but maybe in the future, I will let others know who I really am in terms of my um, my story. I want my story to be known, of course, but for now, I don't want people to know who, who I really am. And what do you mean by safer? Um... Well, I, 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 don't want, I don't want people to think of me in a negative light, although this may be a really good... Um, story that I might share and you know enlighten some people in the uh, in, in what what I'm going through right now but so far I, I just personally feel that it would be a lot better just to um, stay uh, behind closed doors but yet yeah, share my story okay so Edward um, we've established you're not the typical homeless person and and that's part of what this whole discussion is about. But for those of you that aren't familiar with the San Francisco Bay Area housing crisis, um, what has happened is that housing costs, so selling homes, including renting, has gone up so dramatically that people cannot afford to live alone, first of all. And even renting rooms uh, has become impossible for a lot of people. Um, they, they're saying it's the mass exit exodus of people in the Bay Area because a lot of people just can't afford to live here anymore and having to move um, into other areas. Uh, to give you an example, uh, San Francisco is the worst uh, and it's been uh, the worst for a while, but all of Silicon Valley is pretty, pretty expensive. I mean, I, I think like a shack is $3,000 to rent in some place like Palo Alto or San Francisco. No joke, people. Um, they hit a recent record of a house in Sunnyvale that was 800 and it was under 900 square feet that was listed for over $2 million. And that's just crazy. That's crazy for those of us who have lived here um, or grew up here. To give you guys an idea of costs, um, in the least expensive areas of the Bay Area, uh, a room to rent, this would be a furnished room, two years ago would have been about 700 and now is renting for about $1,100. Um, so that's as, as extreme, you know, the costs have gone up. If you take someone that earns uh, a minimum wage, there's no way they can afford, you know, or part-time. So let's go back to you, Edward. Um, tell us, I mean, you're, you weren't homeless before. You're, you're not, you know, the typical homeless person. What happened? Well, let's see. 
things started just, you know, getting high in price when my landlord uh, decided to sell her home. And um, I mean, I've been living here for about two years. And given the fact, I don't know what problems, you know, they may have or she may, she might have had, but um, the rent increase was really sudden for us. So before... And how many, was, how many people were... You were living in a house with multiple people, yeah, right? Yeah, You were all sharing. How many people were in the house? I would say estimated close to about five, six people in the and same house. And that's a house. lot, And that's right? exactly... That's a and, lot of people. And can you tell us the average rent average, for each person? Average rent for each person was about seven to $800. Which is huge. And this was in... In Berkeley. Berkeley, in Berkeley California. So that woman was getting about $4,000 a month. A month, exactly. Yeah. But so, she chose to sell. She chose to now, sell. Now, I, I just want to butt in that this is really common. This is happening all over the Bay Area. Mm. And this is one of the other huge issues is that landlords, it's the time to sell, right? I mean, prices mm -hmm. have soared. They're crazy mm -hmm. high. Yeah. We are in a bubble for sure. Yeah. And so everyone wants to sell now. So landlords are finding ways of kicking out residents, raising the rents, uh, kicking out residents and selling their properties. Now, it's been such a problem that in cities like Alameda, mm -hmm. you now have to pay a tenant moving expenses. And it's a really good, it's a really high amount. Mm -hmm. um, you have to pay them, give them, well, first of all, if someone's living in a place over, it's California, well, California renter's law. Yeah, California, and each county has different renter's law as well. But I know California renter's law, if you've lived in a place over a year, they have to give you at least 60 days notice. Um, but the problem, right, like you, yes. your landlord is selling the house. Yeah. She raises the rents to, to basically kick you guys out. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's, and, and there is a certain amount of rent control in California. You can't raise it over a certain amount. But again, it varies I think that might vary right. by county. Right. Um, so continue. Yeah. And um, doing that really um, put a lot of pressure, you know, on us. So we started looking for somewhere else that we could rent that is not as expensive as what our landlord, you know, wanted us to um, pay for. And what was your budget? My budget, or my brother and I's, uh, our budget would have been close to about seven to $800 for each of us. But um, the problem with that is we uh, we get paid every month, you know, once a month. I do have a regular job where I get paid, but, you know, being paid once a month, um, it really would take us a, a while for us to find um, ways to save up money to pay a deposit to find a new place, of course. Right, because you don't get the deposit back from your current place That's right. until... They the landlord has up to three weeks to give mm -hmm. you your deposit, yes. and and that makes it extremely difficult mm -hmm. for people, because you have to have the money for first months mm -hmm. and a deposit, and you have this deposit that's tied up and utilities, you know, you right? And utilities. utilities and um internet internet and the rest of you know depending on what you know each room you know wants to um, rent for, so, uh, given that situation. Most, most, the thing I really think is, is a problem is um, San Francisco, especially Berkeley area, they're now starting to become a little bit more tech. A lot of people are now who are studying software, web designers, mm -hmm. and tech industry type people that are coming into these areas. And people that are not, quote unquote, not in these types of industries are not, you know, again, quote unquote, suitable to be living in these areas. So 
landlords or, you know, resident property managers know who, you know, they're renting out to, of course, before they rent out to these people and know this person works in this type of industry. All right. So I guess they have a way to sort of um, occupy these people who are working in these um, places and so thereby others or somewhat leaving, which I feel is what is, is happening, you know, in the San Francisco, definitely the San Francisco area as well. Yeah, so what's happening is as rents increase to what many of us would consider ridiculous amounts in places like San Francisco and the peninsula, which um, for those of you who don't know, so Berkeley is the East Bay, um, and the East Bay is basically across from the San Francisco Bay. On the other side is San Francisco, the peninsula, um, the rest of Silicon Valley, um, San Jose. Um, and as uh, the yuppies that are working over there, they're earning, you know, high-tech people. They're earning really good salaries. But even them, the, the, the rents and the co- price, you know, the cost of living has gone up so much that then the yuppies are now starting to move more east where housing is cheaper in places like Berkeley and Emeryville and um, as far as uh, San Ramon, um, uh, some in Fremont, although Fremont's still high, just a less less desirable area um, because it doesn't have a down a rural downtown. Um, uh, Pleasanton, other parts in the East Bay, but uh, that so that's what's happening in Berkeley, um, and that's the, the landlords. They, you know, honestly, the landlords aren't choosing, you know, between two good working candidates. What they're choosing between is someone who's going to pay a higher rent versus someone who was currently in there or 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 can't afford the higher rent. It's all about raising the rents. It's all about right. money. Yeah. It's all about money and, and you know, business. Mm-hmm. I could say greed. You know, and certainly there's some, you know, greedy people, but in the end, it's about business. Yeah. You know, we are a capitalistic society. It's about making money. That's right. All right. So then you guys had 60 days to find another place. Mm-hmm. 60. We, we actually had 30 days. Uh, 60. That's illegal. California renters law states that if a tenant has lived there at least a year did you guys live there at least a year yeah we lived there for about a year and it was over a year though it was over a year over a year of course it the law says that you have to give a tenant 60 days notice wow so she basically broke the law (laughs) (laughs) i think she may be in trouble but you know that's another issue we'll 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 talk about (laughs) later (laughs) So, but, but tell us, to, and so, but, well, but if you had 60 days, would that have helped? That would have helped tremendously because 30 days, which I, I mean, I don't really know a lot about housing, you know, laws in California, which thank God you told me now, because I'm going to have a word with our, la- our ex-landlord about this, but 30 days was not enough time for me to uh, get a new place because, I mean, I searched San Francisco, I searched in Berkeley, I searched, um... Uh, Oakland, and most of the houses there, of course, they were about, um, I don't know, somewhere between eleven to thirteen hundred dollars. Most of the houses were there. And you know, what was that? Uh, that's a, that's a house or a one bedroom? One bedroom. 
yeah, one bedroom I mean, costs that's, that much. A house somewhere else, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> right. But we're talking a one bedroom. One that bedroom. The minimum right. price was $1,100. $1,100, yes. And that's in Oakland. And that's, yeah, which, Oakland. Which tents usually is a pretty fairly inexpensive place mm -hmm. to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Oakland is a pretty nice place to live, but... You know, with the, with the cost and not being paid on time, it was pretty, really hard for me to make make accommodations like that as soon as possible. Wow, 30 days. Yeah, with the, and, because um, it's not just 1100 It's 1100 plus a deposit, which could be another eleven, you know, at least another $1,000, right? right? So you right. suddenly you have to have over $2,000 to be able to find a room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, because of this, the 30 days ran out, Wait, and um, you know, not being paid on time, and not being able to pay deposit, you know, led me to become uh homeless, and this this is a result of why I'm in the situation right now. I I I have also tried to search, you know, uh, for places that I can stay while working, of course, but um, I I I basically have a nice settled area where I can just place my hut, uh, tent, and just you know sleep there as, as as much as I can and um go to work as as much as I can as well. Hi guys. I wanted to rewind a little bit because I have just uh, realized uh, doing some research that they have updated and changed the California tenant and landlord law or renters law whereby a landlord can give 30 days notice if they are selling the unit, there are a few um, rules that they do have to follow or contingencies, um, such as they must be in escrow with a licensed agent or broker. Uh, they must have given you 30 days notice no later than 120 days after opening escrow. They must have not previously given you a 30 day or 60 day notice. I'm not sure if that applies to raising rents. It could be. So that could, I, you know, there's a possibility there. That's a tricky one. Um, you'd have to talk to a real estate uh, attorney. And then lastly, the rental unit must be a, a full property that has to be for sale, which is kind of odd. I don't know why someone would sell part of a property, but maybe like, for instance, in a duplex, it must be the whole building. So just wanted to make sure that I corrected that and we will continue. So I've heard, um, seen on the news, that there are actually a lot of people that are living in tents, um, you know, different places. Like there's a park in Berkeley, yeah, right, yeah, where yeah. people are living in tents. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the People's Park down in Berkeley, and um, they have tents set up as well. And some people that, you know, seem, some, some of them seem reasonable, responsible people that go to work and um, come back. Sometimes they stay in cafes as well and just, you know, come back to um, go to bed at night which is um, similar to my situation as well. Yeah, tell us. So suddenly you have to leave. Yeah. You don't have a place to live. Mm -hmm. What do you do? So what I, what I did was a pretty uh, clever, clever thing from my uh, area, from my, from my side. I, um, there, is, there is a car share uh, ride that is called the gig car share, right? If you don't know what that is, it's a gig car share that enables you to basically pay per mile. Um, it's not not that expensive, but it's pretty expensive if you were to um, rent it out for a really short amount of time. 
But if you were to drive it for like an hour, it's not that expensive, right? It's so, like renting renting a car. Yeah, it's like renting a car. It's like an Uber without the Uber driver. That's right. It's you the have Uber the driver. drive. Yeah. Right, you have to be the driver. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was that each night after, you know, when it's, when it's night, like around 11, 12 o'clock, when I have to go to bed at night, and, you know, of course, not having a place to sleep, I would, um, I would um, rent this car and pretend I'm driving like around an area, find a nice parking spot stay there and instead of leaving the car i would stay in the car and unlock it because unlock means that you're already out of the car but then i don't actually go out of the car (laughs) i stay in there so they think the car is for rent still rent still that's right and um, that is really kind of genius i wonder how many more people are going to be doing that after this right oh my god i don't want to get (laughs) into yeah that's that's ingenious right i don't know maybe we shouldn't have shared your secret (laughs) i really think i should not have said that (laughs) it's okay i don't i I don't think uh we don't know how many people are going to listen to this but i think it's more important to share the real story yeah so and it's very i i have to give you credit for how clever that was Mm -hmm. i mean because you're at this is about survival Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i mean this is you're at a place where it's all about survival it gets cold and it it rains so i have to i have to stay warm you know i I just i just gotta stay warm sometimes and so yeah that was uh that was one of really really smartest things that i thought would be well how did you stay warm and it got down in the 30s because how long have you been homeless now about a month and a half a month and a half so we had weather in 30s yes i mean even in a car exactly that's still says yeah so clever enough for me is that you know the cold wakes me up at, at night yeah and when i wake up i feel oh my god it's so cold sometimes i have a jacket you know and luckily enough for me i finally got a blanket later but before that um I I would I would turn on the car and turn on the heater and when it gets hot a little bit for like an hour or two then I turn it back off and I'll go back to sleep. But um this is how it was for a while before I finally got a black. And they don't know that the car's been started. They don't know the car's been started. They do know the car has been started, oh. but they don't inspect they don't track where you're going right. according to and your they're not going scheme. looking they're for not the going car. looking for the car. As long as the car has been used and you know, I guess they get money out of it, yeah, they don't really care what happens after that. Or they just don't know. They just don't know. True. They don't keep track. <laughs> they don't keep track. But um I make sure that I don't leave anything in the car, like, you know, I need cups or spoons or any food any I, I just make sure the car is kept clean where so where's your stuff because you had stuff you had you yeah. had yeah i had yeah linens and clothing right. and and my my possibly furniture right yeah my stuff uh most of my clothes because that's what i had most of more than anything else was uh i kept in the storage somewhere berkeley storage i kept my stuff in there and if i needed it i would um go there in the morning you know go through my um, my box, you know, go take the clothes that I needed for the day and um, head out. Wow. I don't stay there much longer Where as well. did, And what about um, hygiene? Hygiene. Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's see. I, I, my, I have a brother who goes to Berkeley um, school. He, um, well, well, my brother, as I said earlier. Maybe not to, give him too much away. I, I'm not going to give too much away. <laughs> I'm not going to give too much away. Basically, just know that the gym was, I was able to access the gym and the bathrooms, you know, without costs. Okay, so great. Well, that bathroom, I mean, that's another issue, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go someplace and go to a gym and, you know, borrow someone's membership and use their, and yeah, take a shower. Take a shower that's but right. going to the bathroom. Yeah. Let's talk the about bathroom. the hard reality here. You're parked in a parking garage and you have to go to the bathroom. Uh, parking garage. I, <laughs> I make sure, basically, your mind is no longer... 
you don't you no longer think like you're in a home anymore. You just basically have to uh behave think your 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 mental state is like you have to be on point with almost everything you do, especially when you want to use the bathroom because everything's gonna close down at like eleven o'clock right so there's no bathrooms. Thank God your places that open till three o'clock yeah, but most of them are far away, so what you have to do is I make sure that I don't eat anything or drink a lot of things more past eight o'clock like um. if it gets to eight o'clock, I cannot do anything. I cannot eat more, more than you. I mean, reasonably enough, you know, doctors, you know, you know, um, physicians say you shouldn't really eat anything past eight o'clock anyways, but I make sure that something really small and um, just light water for me to drink. And I have some food in my bag with me so that just in case I get hungry at like 12 o'clock at night, like uh, chips or, or snacks. snacks, anything like that, I could not make me stay hungry so this i mean this is real survival this is real survival like you're this having is real survival you're having to strategize yes and how a you're lot going of the times, to get through exactly through not just the day no but not just the hour days. by hour hour by hour especially at night when and the worst part of it is when it rains and when a place is closing when it rains you don't have an umbrella or if you do have an umbrella where, where do you have to go the car, the gift card. I was well, let's, lucky wait, enough. let's talk about that a little bit because places. So what do you mean about that places? Because you, you hang out at places? Yeah, uh, I go to sometimes go to Pete's Cafe, but they close early. I go to um, Taco Bell. I go to um, a computer um, center, you know, where, mm. you know, you can rent out a computer. And sometimes I stay there as long as I possibly could, you know, rent out the computers for about for a while. I make sure that I don't spend too much money because, you know, I'm trying to save us. It's also too. a library. The library, yes, there's a library as well. And, um, you know, I stayed here as much as I possibly could till, you know, closing time. Wow. I mean, that that's that's some story. That really is. Mm. Um, that's rough. That's yeah. really rough. I want to go back to this... You know, the reason why you're giving a fake name and and just, like, t tell us how do you feel about being homeless? How does that affect you? And how do others see, see you? Um, I, I have a sense of, of pride and dignity. I could say that. Um, it's not that... I guess I guess I'm a little a little bit ashamed of you know being homeless just a little bit not not a lot because um I'm I I I'm a hard worker I'm diligent I make sure that I am that I'm always um um working as hard as I possibly could to just make income and um make my life better yes but being being homeless if I were to sort of give that vibe out to the world to let them know that I'm I'm like this. I especially being African American, I don't I, I, I don't I don't think it would have a sort of like positive light on me personally. That's how I personally feel about that. I feel that um if I were to say go to a uh, Starbucks for example and having all this uh bags or <laughs> whatever on me or dirty clothes or or something that just makes makes people think that oh this guy is probably homeless. The, the reaction that I may get from said um, 
um, um, employee that would probably try to buy something from me is would be not somewhat of a negative, uh, negative sense. Like you know maybe they might just say um, like for example um, I, I I went to um, a store a restaurant one day, and I, I was asked uh, to basically uh, have the 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 menu on my hand. And um, she said that I should I could go take a seat there. This is when I was actually so like having a lot of bags. I I somewhat looked homeless in a sense. Um, I, I would I wouldn't say that I was on purpose, but it was raining and I couldn't. I was not able to get to the to the shed or to the storage for me to change or you know do all sorts of things. I um so I basically had uh, a lot of stuff with me. So um, she uh she said I could take the menu and go sit somewhere. Uh, at, this, at a restaurant but the thing is after she said that uh, she said she was going to come back and then ask me what you know I wanted to what I wanted to get she did not come back for a good five to ten minutes and somebody else had already come in gotten food and they already was already served and I'm still sitting down there like um hello I'm still sitting down here and she had not come yet to you know serve me or ask me for what I wanted to get. So you think that she was discriminating against you because she she didn't want to serve you because she wanted you to leave. I I, 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 I feel that is what that is what she she wanted. Well, she was know. helping someone else before. I mean, she you, was helping somebody else right? before me. I yeah. mean, maybe not think maybe that that's exactly what happened. Right. I think I think that's exactly what happened. And I went up to her and asked her, um, "Why are you?" I asked her for her name. Actually, I said, um, "What was your name?" <laughs> And uh, she felt a little uncomfortable, like, uh-oh, am I in trouble or something? Good. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's the pride speaking right there. So yeah. I asked her what her name was, and she said it was... Um, no, but don't say her name. Let's not say her, her name. name. All yeah. right. And We'll um, just say it was Jane. <laughs> Jane Doe. Yeah, she said her name was Jane Doe. With tattoos. With ta- <laughs> Does she have any tattoos? That, that gives it away a little bit. But she, um, she now told me that, oh... Um, that she couldn't remember why, you know, you know, because she was, you know, so busy. She was making excuses. She was, yeah, she was busy not to, um, you know, remember that, you know, she told me to, you know, relax. So I'm like, um, okay, well, next time you could, you, you know, remember exactly what, you know, who you're trying to serve. She's like, okay. So I told her what I wanted to get. And then she uh, finally got that. It was another incident is when incident is when I'm sort of like I mean I wasn't even homeless I was just like you know normal guy just having clothes on, and um, um I I was trying to ask a a a lady um where she was able to rent her car, and it was just more this, uh, she just basically didn't really want to a- answer my question she was still like walking away from me and, um I had to sort of like yell a little bit to like ask her oh i'm sorry I, I just want to know where and how much you know where did you get this car and how much you know were you able to rent it out for things like that you know and then as soon as i asked asked the question she felt more welcoming like oh he's actually asking me a serious question and not like a beggar or some shit like that wow yeah so that that hurt me yeah that hurt me also and but i i figured you know as long as i'm talking like i'm somewhat intelligent or um or um or feel like I asked an important quote unquote question, or you know, it had to do with money. So it's like, oh, okay, all right, well, then I guess I can talk to this person, things like that. So yeah, my my sense of my sense of pride, and when when we, so that's why, um, for people to know my story, or for people to know my name, about what I'm going through, I don't, I don't, I think that, I think that I have to sort of establish something first, like finally get a place, 
um, while I'm working and um, continue my career as an actor and an artist and model. And um, finally, I just get to some point that seems like, oh, I'm, I'm now settled and I'm okay. That's when I can, you know, let people know this is what I went through. But going through it now, I guess it's still okay that people know my story, know my name, um, or, or what I'm going through right now. But I, I just, I just personally feel that it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's still okay for for me just to stay behind the veil just a little bit because I feel like my, my mind, you know how, um, um, uh, people that um, what are they called? They just try to help you like um. Tony Robbins, you know, when he's talking about how Uh you make money Uh and things like that. Life coaches, yeah. They always talk about how this, your mind is protecting you and that you have to break free from the mindset and things like that. Like, you shouldn't, like, your protective mind is not making you break free from whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in life. But so I, you're trying to stay positive. So I'm, I'm trying to stay positive, but I'm also, my mind is protecting me from, quote unquote, you know, revealing too much about myself or, right. or, or things like that. So you're like not that. telling so, your friends? Some of my friends I'm telling. No, not all of them. So, to, yeah. So, I'm telling, like, one or two people that I that I personally really, really somewhat trust and um, that um, they have have helped me, you know, in, in so far. Thank, thank God for them. So, but, um, yeah, not, not, not everybody should probably know about this for now. But later, I, I think I can, you know, write a, write, a, write a post, a blog post about this whole thing. Well, you're doing a podcast right now, (laughs) so I think that's a great start. Thank you. So, Edward. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we were just laughing since, of course, that's not your real name. Um, But tell tell us some of the more difficult parts about being homeless or some of the more difficult days that you've had Uh, wow well it um so some of the more difficult days was when i I started off being homeless uh the first sort of like two weeks it wasn't every day but like the first you know quote-unquote segment of my (laughs) homeless endeavor it was when when i um it was really hard especially when it would get cold at night I did not have a blanket I had no place to go I had really no one to go to some people might suggest the shelters but they were not most of them were not as you know as clean and it's just a lot of a lot of really really (laughs) dirty you know areas around there and smelly 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 people like people that never we don't know the last know time. The last what time. year they took a shower, took a shower in, right? Basically, yeah, that's God. I did not want to go through that. So, I mean, and because you stayed clean, I stayed clean. Yes, of course, I stayed clean. I made sure I always took a shower at least every two days or every three days. I made sure I took a shower every two days, and um, my clothes, of course, were as well clean. You know, so it's not like. It's not like, oh, I'm homeless, so I got to stay dirty, you know, things like that. Did, no, I mean, not. did you wash it? Where did you wash your clothes? Oh, the washer, um, the laundry, laundromat. Like, you know, when I go down to the uh, to the Berkeley storage and I picked on the clothes that were dirty, I'm like, put them in a the bag, go down to the laundromat and wash them up and come back. And it was not too far from there either, so it made it easier for me. It's like a five-minute walk from there. But... Okay, so that, I mean, this is really how to live when homeless. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is how because you're not you didn't move. stop functioning. You were Mm-mm. still having to work, still mm-hmm. needing clean clothes yeah. to be clean, I mean, to yeah. be smell, smell decent. Yes, <laughs> you not not scare people, not scare people off <laughs> with with a heavy scent. Yes, that's right, exactly. Um, let's see, and also just uh, one of the things that that I, I think that I was luck uh, that made me lucky was I knew my environment. I knew where things were. But the only problem was where to sort of sleep at night. You know, that's where the problem really kicked in, especially yeah. if it rained or if it was cold at night. And the first sort of like two weeks or so when it would get cold at night before I got the, you know, quote unquote, gig car, I was able to sleep in there. Um, I I would basically just walk. Wow. I would be sleepy, but I would have to walk wow. or run or do some kind of exercise that would keep me warm, you know, and I would stay at a corner and just basically where there's no, there's, there's not too, too much wind blowing, you know, and it's like a little nice tight corner at either a house or like a restaurant or a store like Safeway or Target or whatever. And just like stay there and then stay warm as much as I possibly could until it got to like say four o'clock and four is when the bar stations open oh. and I will go there. And, and also course, when, um, between four and five is like when it starts getting the coldest too. Mean, right yeah so thank god i'm able to sort of like right still PM, 4 a.m right? yeah so 4 a.m is when i would go down to the bar stations and um you know take a train to wherever it wants to go wow. to and basically yeah. as long as i just got like two hours of sleep in there that's that's uh that's good and luckily for me this didn't last too long but it was the hardest because god i would get so cold that i would literally feel this in my bones yeah. I mean, I was probably so close to have her, like, that fever. Yeah. And so... I mean, not hyperventilating. Hyper... What is that? Yeah. Frostbit. Frostbitten. Yeah. yeah. Frostbitten, yeah. I mean, this is my whole body, too. So I would, um, again, walk, run, and do something that would, you know, finally wow. keep me warm. And when I would do that, it would um, it would help. It, it really... It, it did help a bit, but... But the problem with that is that I would feel sleepy while doing mm. this. So I haven't like slept all day, and I'm really cold, and no blanket, nothing. So thank God again, this did not last so long. I was able to finally. Now, where were your linens? My linens, uh, the bur- the storage. Um, I had clothes on, like I had a jacket, but not enough to keep me warm. <laughs> you just didn't plan it. I just didn't plan it either. Yeah, that, that was not that was not planned. Yeah, that. Well, but you didn't know what being homeless was like. Yeah, no, it's my <laughs> right? first time. It's like one hundred and one homeless. Right. <laughs> you know, I've never. I, I have or no idea. Homeless one hundred and one. What I was supposed to do. You know, I just thought, you know, I just you know, find somewhere to sleep, whatever. But no, it was not as easy as I thought it was. You know, it was going to be. I mean, of course, I wasn't expecting this because you know, when after you lose your place and like you have no money or or you're not you're not able to afford to rent the next location where you have to you know even if you did have some some money it's just not enough to you know not enough yeah to yeah. put down for anywhere else you have to go to deposit and rent so yeah so I finally got a sleeping bag that you know it it really it really went in inside you stay under um it 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 it, it protects you from temperatures below below fifty like at least to forty degrees so that was that was good enough for me. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the, some of the, you know, hardest times that I, that I had to go encounter. We had, but we had, I mean, during this time when you're homeless, I know that we had days, several days where it was in the thirties. Yes. 
Yes. Those days, um, I would find a, um, a, a garage, a parking garage that has, you know, shed. And um, mm. I would go there at 12 o'clock where everybody already sleeping at night. Right. So nobody's going to, like, come out. But if they do, I'm at the corner. And if they were to see, oh, it's a guy just sleeping, they might just, you know, ignore me. But, um, yeah, I just basically would find parking garage spots where it is shed, you know, and um, I would sleep there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really rough. It was. It is, actually. <laughs> it is. It is and, pretty I rough. mean, <clears throat> you had to be really strong to get mentally, through that. Uh, yeah. You have Super to be strong, strong mentally. Because your mind, what happens is when you're going through this, people will think, wow, that is, you know, when I tell them, when I tell some, some of my friends again, they'll be like, wow, dude, that's. That's crazy that, you know, that's wow. You know, your mind, you start to actually, your psyche, your, your psyche starts to, you know, feel affected somehow. It's because then it's like, there's this mental strength that comes from out of nowhere. You know, you, you, you don't survival, so, like survival, you know, you know, because you've never been through this before. So when that happens, you're like, wow, this is you know, kind of weird, but your whole reality, your whole mindset is just so like. You just you just question, you just question a whole lot, and you actually mean almost everything that you say to yourself. You're like, "What um, what am I doing? You know, can I go through this? Uh, I'm so tired of going through this. Uh, can I really go on with this? You know, things like that. You know, it's, it's just really deep within your mind that you question a lot of these things, and you just somehow develop the strength to you know keep going on. And know that it will get better as long as you keep on, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, which is, you know, one of the things making money, of course. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I really applaud you and applaud that strength and determination to yeah. get through because, um, you know, as I, I always tell people that are having a difficult time is there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. You know, it will get better. Yeah. You know, you don't know when. Right? But eventually, it always gets better. Yes. So, Edward, did you know that I actually have my own homeless story? You do? I do. Believe it or not, I do. It was, um, I was a teenager. Mm. Um, I was going to college um, in New York City. Mm. And it was actually um, my... um, like sort of like a junior year thing, but I didn't have any housing. Um, I was there in the summer and I had started to look for housing, but I couldn't find a place I liked. I didn't take it seriously. Um, I left um, right before school started for a month. And when I came back, there was nothing available. Like, you know, all the students grabbed everything up. And and New York was super, as it still is now today, like San Francisco, super, super, super expensive. I couldn't find anything that I could afford. And school was starting, and I had no place to live. The school wouldn't, they had housing, but they wouldn't offer me housing because I was just like a junior visiting student, I should say. I was a visiting student. So for, luckily for the first two weeks, a friend of a friend let me stay in her dorm room. And we're talking 
you know, the dorm had like a center sitting area and then everyone had their room and then there was a bathroom. So I was basically sleeping on the floor in her small room. And I had, similar to you, I had bags of my things. Um, one bag full of books, you know, another bag full of, or a couple bags full of clothes um, and, and my toiletries. And so for this, you know, the first two weeks, it wasn't too bad. I got to stay, you know, at her place. But then two weeks, she kicked me out. And I remember being really angry at her. Like, how could you do this? But now in hindsight, you know, I also understand from her perspective that it was stressful for her. And I think she wanted me there, gone for a while, but, you know, couldn't get up the courage to tell me. I think her mother, like she, I remember her telling me, my, my mother said, you know, I should tell you to leave kind of thing. Um, but it was stressful for her. And I understand, like she didn't have her own space. Like I'm hanging out, crashing, sleeping in her room, right? But I had no place to go. She did help me a little bit. She found out about a room that they would give to like uh, uh, students who had visitors, okay? And, but the problem with this room was there was no bathroom. It was a room like outside of the other dorm rooms mm. with no bathroom. However, next door to the room, there was a janitor's closet. Mm. And in the janitor's closet, there was a sink, one of those, you know, big utility sinks. And so not only did I wash my face and brush my teeth in that sink, I peed in that sink. You know, I mean, it sounds funny, but, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, we can laugh. But on the other hand, you get it. We have to do what we have to do. That's right. I mean, there there was no other bathroom for me anywhere nearby. I mean, blocks. There was there was nothing. I couldn't go. I the other rooms weren't near her room. It was a completely different building. I didn't know any of these students. I couldn't knock in their door. Excuse me, you don't know me. Can I use your bathroom? You know. Um, Yeah. In the morning, I'd wake up. Um, I yeah. I had to pee. I had to go somewhere. Um, And I was only allowed to stay there a week. Well, glad we had the dog's laughter in the middle of that to break up the tension because it was just getting too serious yeah, there. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, I was there a week and um, and then I was kicked, you know, kicked out like that was it. You have to go. And I I remember it being a Friday and I called my parents and oh and I got to tell you this part so Mm. while I was looking for the change this is the days we had (laughs) phones on the corners you know street corners and stuff this is the day before cell phones Mm. and I remember I had all like carrying like five bags or something I don't know how many maybe a few bags but you know carrying multiple bags looking like a homeless person and I remember stopping by the phone, like digging in my bag, looking for change. And someone came up to me mm. and offered me money, like offered me money. Do you, do you need some money? I mean, who does that? Right. Who does that? Um, maybe a few people to homeless yeah, people but today. Yeah, they, but that I mean, that was when I realized that people thought I was homeless. I was homeless in New York. I mean, but you know what? 
I was homeless. I was. And I was just in denial about it. I just, but like you, just surviving. Like I, my mind didn't go there. It was just like, what do I do next? What do I do next? And it was really hard carrying all my things around too. I had classes. I was taking, I, I was overdoing it and I was taking five classes and carrying all my things around to my classes. So anyways, this was a Friday and I, and I remember, um, you know, I turned them down for the money. I didn't understand why they were offering me money. And um, I called my parents, you know, long distance and just crying on the phone because I don't, I don't have any place to live. And at the same time, not realizing that I, I'm getting depressed, like this was um, depressing me. And uh, I ended up... Um, some friends at my other school were having uh, a party that weekend Mm -hmm. and uh, they're like come on down and I'm like well at least I'd have a place to stay and I was I was kind of running away from my problems too I just wanted to get away and run away for the weekend and um, but I was seriously depressed Mm. because I I wasn't uh, able to be as strong as you are so I I really give you so much credit for having the strength. Um, and I'd also like to take this time to lead into that whole, I, I just have to make a little joke now that all these, we got all these dogs and cats, everyone's barking now. Um, I think they're telling us wrap up, time to wrap up. Um, but yeah, so uh, to wrap up, let's talk about the stigma. Um, the stigma of homeless people and um, because you know I mean a lot of homeless people are actually mentally ill and 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 you know going through my experience I think no wonder I mean I was getting depressed I got depressed I got seriously depressed if if I didn't have a home you know several states away to go back to um, or even just my friend's place in college um, I would have been homeless and like a mentally ill homeless person. You know, I probably would have just had this breakdown if I didn't have anyone else, you know, nowhere to go to, no one to help me. So, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty tough because, you know, your mind is, again, you know, somebody not being strong enough that has no idea what to do or where to go or even if they were to be able to quote-unquote survive it still it still affects you mentally if not physically it definitely affects you mentally i mean yes you could always go back to your mom's house which is like far east or far west you know yeah and and, and i know you're you're from another state yeah as florida well. so i cannot just pack up and leave and go back to florida where it's it's really not a lot happening over there you know i built a life here for the past two three years now and for me to abandon that and restart over there would have been would have been tough, tough around me. Although I may have a place to stay, but I mean, but at least I you have that last resort. They have that, exactly. And a lot of people resort. don't. Yeah, that is and true. A lot of people, lot of people don't. don't have that last resort. And again, or even friends or or support networks. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have yeah. a support network. I have a support network. Yeah, I have a couple of people who were able to find to help me. You know, um, get through this, and it, it's it's important that you have that if you're in this endeavor and you. Endeavor whoever. to to call it that, <laughs> because it almost feels like a journey. Like you get to see places, it gets to affect you, you know, spiritually. Because then you're a little bit more humble towards, you know, people that are going through this. And um, 
I feel like I feel like I feel like people should really ease up on the negative stigma when it comes to um, homeless people because they they probably started out quote unquote like this and you know maybe they ran into a couple more hard harder you know um um things on the way they were trying to get out of it yes but things just got really really tough for them maybe they were not as lucky lucky as I was where you know I had a couple of friends who had you know things or I knew where to go I knew the place I was and I didn't run into having drugs or you know my my mental state didn't break down so I I would say that um I would say that um most of them are not most of them should be um not portrayed in a in a negative sense but you know I feel like you know most or all all possibly all should not be portrayed in a negative sense of course and um we should of course see what we can do to help them and not only that but most of us are not going through you know or not just in this condition because we chose you know to do to to be in this you know position right. you know things and I know this is common knowledge but we didn't choose to stay in this position either we're we're definitely trying to get very out of few it. people would choose right very um, few people would choose this that's right and I think that the ones that do choose it um probably have some mental illness issues Mm -hmm. um that is very common with the homeless and you know some people are educated on the homeless and and have empathy already but i'm really hoping that your story my story um and many others will help encourage people to have empathy for the homeless and and have understanding that this this was not for for most of them this was not a choice this is not what they wanted for themselves and that they are good people and they just got themselves in this particular situation um everyone gets in some sort of difficult situation and this just happens to be theirs at that time I, i i also feel that you know going through this has really um has um really humbled me in some way some fashion although i still have some as i said earlier some pride and dignity but um it really has surprisingly taught me you know you know quite a lot actually just the humility has really gone up much more than what it used to be not that i was bad honestly i was still humble but they just no i i yeah i guess it's just more yeah more going through Going through difficult times, times really and, and particular times like um, times when you know I, I and I myself experienced this uh, a, t- a time I never thought I a situation I, I never thought I would be in when um, I didn't have money to pay all the yeah, bills, course, yeah. um, and and it was a new situation and. I was like, it really humbled me. It was like, wow, well, now I really understand, understand other yeah. people was, yeah. much pain, better. Pain. Exactly, exactly. So that um, that really, I feel like it's, it's, it's helped me, taught me some things, and I will definitely be more aware on my, um, my spending habits, for sure, on my, um, my actions towards you know, homeless people as well. Um, I, I, of course, I give as much as I can, but you know, being in this condition, I understand really now how how really bad it is for them and again i try to 
keep clean. Try to maintain a good um, hygiene. <laughs> really good hygiene. So if you could, if you could give advice to our audience, and if I see a homeless person, what should I do? Is there something I can say? Is there something I can do? Um, let's see. It, it would be hard because a lot of, it, many people's experiences are different. You know, what you're going through right now could have been either good or bad, choice-based or non-choice-based. So that would be a hard, you know, thing to do. But what I would do is maybe offer, um, I'm sure they were of the shelters that would help them. And if possible, help them sort of like um, give them a way to be able to do work that has to do with even the cleaning the garden or if they're mentally stable, of course, cleaning the garden, offer them work. That is that that is such a great suggestion. I never would have thought of that because a lot of times I want to do something and and I have like, for instance, once I bought food for Mm. a homeless person. I saw, you know, out there, I don't, you know, I, there's cautionary tales about giving them money because, because there are homeless people that do have addictions to drugs and things like that. Yeah, that's true. But then when you offer them work, it sort of like gives you an idea of where this person's mental state is and how much effort they would really put into this job. For them to be able to live and give, a better give life. them some chance yeah. of some dignity exactly. as well. Exactly, give some chance of dignity as well. Because there is a, there is a man I forgot, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Who is who is also trying as much as he could to be able to um, afford a place. You know, I mean, he actually yes got out of jail, but um, his mental state is is um, is quite good. You know, he's homeless, but. He cannot. He cannot for the life of him find you know anything that he could do. So if is that because of the um, jail time? I think it's because of the jail time he mm-hmm. you know he spends. Because you have to declare now. it, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. And um, no one's given him a chance yet. That's hard. That's, that's rough. hard. That's rough. Yeah. But um, if but he's he he's he's now clean. You know his record is now clean. He's just you know did his time and. Um, um, turns out to be a really, you know, really, um, really nice man. I mean, I don't know him too well, but so far, what I've you know seen from him, he's a, he's a really nice, um, 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 he's a really nice person, so far. And he um, is looking for some kind of work that he can do. And um, I'm not only saying just this because he just got out of jail, but I've talked to other people who are not, who are not, from jail, mm-hmm. who are you know, ran into just being homeless and. They are quite stable, <laughs> not mentally ill or have any drug right, addiction they're problems. Stable. Yeah, they're mentally stable, right? And if you were to offer, <laughs> offer them, as I said earlier, jobs or something they can do, to you know be able to work, I feel like this this would really take a turn for them to be able to live a more sustainable life than just you know being on the streets and asking for money, and uh, and. Uh, they can pay for even Airbnb for they can take a shower. They can pay for food and get a box of pizza that's like five bucks in there. And are you at maybe a temporary gym a temporary membership? Gym membership. They can you know go there and you know do something that you know that can help them out. You know these are Edward. These are really really good suggestions. Thank you. These are great. Thank you. Well, um, Edward, this has um, been really wonderful. Thank you. Um, I'd say a pleasure, but 
that sounds so trivial to the discussion we had today. I mean, it, it just is really significant and it's been so great. Um, I want to thank you for you for opening up to everyone. Um, it's it's been a really an enlightening um, conversation, yeah. and um, and I hope our audiences feel the same. Um, speaking of you guys, audience, um, we'd love to hear your feedback and your comments, and um, you know how do you feel about the homeless? How have you felt about the homeless? And how has this podcast changed your opinion of the homeless? Thank you so much. This is Kay signing out.